This is CyberSound, your simplified and fundamentals-focused source for all things cybersecurity, with your hosts, Jason Pufall and Stephen Mareska. Welcome to CyberSound. I'm your host, Jason Pufall, uh, joined as always by Steve Mareska and Matt Fasaro. Hey, everyone. Hey, guys. Uh, so today, we're going to talk a little bit about a story that we saw recently where uh, there's some, I mean, I guess I'll call them significant investments being made to the open source software community. Uh, I say that because I think what what was the number thirty million dollars uh, potentially being pledged as an investment? Yeah, as the as the initial funding. Yeah, um, which you know, I mean, it, it's a fair amount of money, right? I, I don't know that it's going to mean that you know the biggest change in some of these open source security platforms necessarily, but uh, you know, for us, I think the the takeaway largely was it's it's great to see an investment being made by. You know, things like the Linux Foundation or, you know, or, or frankly, right, the Amazon, Google, Microsoft, et cetera, like, you know, large companies making investments in, in some of these open source projects. Yeah. And I think their commitment is intended to increase over time. It's, it's a reflection that um, they, even as companies that are producing proprietary software, are in some capacity dependent on open source tools. And that's an interesting acknowledgement, especially for, you know, Microsoft, which traditionally has, you know, avoided the subject like the plague mm-hmm. they've gotten better no, yeah, they I, had, will yeah. Say, I will say that so i mean I, I don't typically give microsoft credit where it's not due but uh yeah they've done they've done a decent job oh man i, I agree yeah. with you completely it's <laughs> just that the popular perception for 20 years has been oh the for opposite. sure yeah. this is a relatively new trend that mm-hmm. that many people may not be aware of um i i think that um it's appropriate for investments to be made by the larger technology entities. Um, but I do think it's important to say for those who might not be aware that open source products, open source projects in general already have sort of implicit funding. Um, great example, you know, yeah. Linux itself, the Linux kernel, um, Java as ecosystems, you know, a lot of the application uh, servers that exist, they're fundamentally built by staff employed explicitly by the bigger technology entities for no other purpose. Uh, Intel, for example, employs a boatload of engineers to implement hypervisors on their on their chips. Oh yeah, their, their code shows up in quite a few projects. I mean, almost the entirety of the Apache project has corporate backing somehow, right? Whether it's just they pay, they literally can will pay software engineers just to work on open source software, right? Even if they don't necessarily own the license to it, it's they rely on it so much that they need to make sure that it's kept up. Yeah, I, I think for me, what I what I took away from this, as, as I started to think about you know the, the types of folks who are listening to the podcast, is you know using open source uh, maybe as opposed to potentially using commercial products, right? And you know, a, an investment like this, I think, is, is just sort of further evidence that you know those those products are reasonably well maintained, often. You know they're they're securely written. You know it, it with with some significant potential peer review as a result of this, right? I, the, the takeaways don't avoid open source necessarily, just because you think it's not a, you know commercial off the shelf software, right? And and I consider it sort of a false dichotomy. It's not open yeah. source or proprietary software. A, most proprietary software these days, and I, I mentioned in you know sort of a prep uh, for this episode, uh, VMware, just as sort of a example case, their platform, their virtualization platform has an enormous disclosure list of open source software. Mm. And really the the dynamic between open source or proprietary is 
how much are you willing as an organization to support it yourselves right. with your own staff and licensing probably exactly that that's really the the uh, decision between one or the other the the context that we're talking about here in terms of funding explicitly for security projects for security maintenance really i think is a reflection that open source software is uh, innate it's embedded in the underpinnings of the internet it's in the uh, really really profound tools that we use as technologists and therefore um, as sort of a foundational element needs to be shored up needs to be audited right. needs to be improved yeah i mean that they, they specifically call out a few things in here which which i agree with um you know there's a lot of projects that are highly utilized but are written in um either old languages quite honestly that just aren't up to, to the standards that we have now um so they're, they're looking to convert a lot of those things um uh, they specifically called out c and c plus plus which i found funny um one thing i that i definitely want to address in this is that you know they're they're saying that their total investment, that they're estimating 150 million. I think they're way off on that one. <laughs> you, you think they should invest more? Is that what you Absolutely. mean? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, if you just think about the cost of a developer these days, you're, you're talking, depending on your location, you're talking anywhere between what, like 75,000 to 300 grand, depending on what you're asking them to do, right? Or to put a project together. It, on that scale, you, you're, you got you got a decent sized team, but they're not going to solve all right, open right. source a problems with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think we're talking about magnitudes that are more in line with uh, corporate valuations yeah, as being exactly. necessary to support the ecosystem appropriately. Um, you know, this is a starting point, and it's not yeah. exactly the first time it's happened. There are bug right. bounties, and you know, public uh, public support for security as an end uh, in general. But this is a a really substantial reinvigoration of that. Yeah, I agree. I, I think a lot of this probably came out of something like the Log4j. I, I believe that right? as well. Because it was, it, correct me if I'm wrong, that was mostly unmaintained for a while. I believe there was one contributor <laughs> that wrote the entire thing, and then it sat. And then we had that whole situation. Right. right? I, I think so. it's a recognition that a lot of uh, perceived to be mature and, you know, quote unquote, finished Software is embedded everywhere, right? And it just requires attention and caring, care and feeding, just like everything else. Right? Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and it, uh, no, I was going to say, yeah, go ahead. Elements of this plan that that they're you know uh, helping to deliver and fund with the uh, 150 million potential investment include educating and certifying developers in secure programming, um, creating actual metrics for reporting security. Uh, you know, essentially trying to facilitate security as an overall practice and discipline. We're talking about even during security incidents, code review, that type of thing. It's it's broader as a subject. So I so I have nothing to say now because it's exactly <laughs> exactly what I was going to say, which is I'd like the emphasis on on the the training aspect, right? The emphasis on ensuring that secure code is being developed. I think that that's really important. It's not just about creating tools. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It, access to tools too, right, is important. And, and what I mean by that is, you know, back Back when I was writing more software than I do these days, um, one of the hardest things to do was to use some of the more unattainable analysis tools that you could put your code through for things like that'll do analysis to uncover bugs that you may have right. introduced, right? Those things cost thousands of dollars at the time. Now, I mean, it's either completely available for free or hopefully projects like these are going to 
make those things available to developers a little right. bit within grasp. Right? Right. It, it used to be the case that if you were an open source project of some kind in a provable fashion, you could make a request of a, a company providing one of those tools and they might have a program for providing it, you know, not for resale license or something like that. But right. um, that was an exception rather than the norm. Um, the, the, these days, and, it, and usually went to unmonitored email boxes. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> these days, it's sort of a more community good effort that's actually part of public relations. I'd say yes, I agree. The so I, I don't know if there's a you know a ton more to talk about necessarily relative to this. I think it's mostly we wanted to make sure we brought it to folks' attention because um, I think the investment is definitely important. Um, if I, okay, I would say you know in general. It's important to understand that open source software is no more or less secure than closed source software. And that the same is true in the other direction. It's about quality of security practice. It's about diligence of actual developers. And the truth is that when you're building a product, whether it be for fun, for an open source project, for um, an enterprise that is trying to ship something quickly, emphasis is not always on secure coding. And it takes effort that is orthogonal to the actual effort of building that tool. Therefore, security is always a secondary process and second thought, regardless of the, the type of software. So this is essentially a statement to say, don't fear open source security. The investment is not necessarily an expression of a problem. It's an encouraging statement that um, the big players in the industry are trying to support something they know that is shared between all of them. Yeah, and, and if you're bringing an open source project into your you know, your security stack, or, or even if it's not security, uh, if you're bringing open source in, it, you know, just do do a little research on how it's actually supported. If you, if you go and look at a a project on GitHub and there's you know 800 open issues and no one's addressing them, probably not the best uh, option of, of integrating in your environment, right? Right. Actually, you know that that it's an interesting point in the sense of when you're doing an evaluation of you say a commercial software, maybe a SaaS, a SaaS vendor or something like you've got tools to turn to, right? They might have some sort of cloud assessment that they've done, or they might have a SOC 2 that talks about their company. It might be a little trickier in some of these, in some of the open source projects to really understand what the security risks might be uh, short of spending some time combing through some of the resources that are there. Yeah. And there's a lot more resources available these days than there used to be as well. I mean, I, there's even, you know, built in uh, tools on a lot of the projects now that will scan for those types of things. Um, and plenty of open source projects that have code audit attestations. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's yeah. a different landscape today. Okay. Um, it, I mean, if people are interested in, in sort of getting a better understanding of that, you, you can Google the open source software security mobiliz mobilization plan. Uh, you know, that'll give you some clarity into, into what we're talking about as well uh, and, and bring up a whole variety of articles sort of on the subject if there's interest. Uh, uh, and in all, as always, right, if anybody's interested in, in learning a little bit more about it or wants to chat with us about it, you know, hit us up on LinkedIn at Vancord or uh, Vancord Security at Twitter. Uh, we're happy to, con to, to continue the conversation. Uh, and with that, uh, you know, we hope somebody took something away from this, uh, got a little bit of value, and we appreciate everybody listening. Stay vigilant. Stay resilient. This has been Cybersound.